0: Dear listeners, welcome to Faces of Digital Health, a podcast about digital health and how healthcare systems around the world adopt technology with me, Tiasza Zeitz. Voice could be called as one of the exciting new avenues for medicine and healthcare. First, it's seen as a potential optimization tool if we use the voice tech instead of typing into software. A few months ago, Julia Hoxha, the CEO of ZANA, explained how her European startup provides healthcare organizations with the technology to design and to deploy their own chatbots and voice assistants. In the future, we might discover biomarkers in voice. After all, all the characteristics of voice, how loud or how quiet we speak, what tone do we use, how fast or slow we talk, all these characteristics probably have a correlation with something health-related. But what about starting with something much simpler? Analyzing voice recordings that already exist. US company Authentics listens, analyzes, and activates customer voices. Their AI-based software analyzes millions of conversations patients have with customer support agents to phone calls or emails. By analyzing these discussions, the software unveils recurring trends that healthcare organizations use to make informed, proactive decisions for improved workflows and care. That's what you're going to listen about in today's discussion with Amy Brown, the CEO of the company and an executive with 20 years of public and private sector experience in healthcare public relations, startup management, policy development quality improvement and insurance operations. Enjoy the show and to browse through other episodes as well, go to facesofdigitalhealth.com. And if you haven't yet, do subscribe to the show to be notified about new episodes automatically. Now let's dive in. Amy, hi. Hi. Voice technology in general has various applications in healthcare. There's people that see a lot of potential in it. There's people that believe that we've got so many other problems to solve before going to the use of voice tech in healthcare. So just as a light starter,
1: how do you see the role of voice in healthcare? The first thing I would say to that is, what we've come to learn from our experience is that the voice of the customer in healthcare actually is chock full of insights that can inform the entire healthcare enterprise. I think people often think of conversational data as being operational, transactional, and not very insightful to how you can grow revenue or improve the overall experience of your patients, retain customers in your network or in your healthcare organization. And what we've learned is that listening to that authentic voice of of the customer actually shines a light on all of those things and can help leaders at the highest level of the organization prioritize and focus on things that will drive their business forward. Authentics
0: analyzes millions of conversations uh, just to find various trends for healthcare organizations to uh, make informed and proactive decisions but to just to clarify uh, when we're talking about analyzing uh, data, what kind of conversations and data are you analyzing how is, is, is it gathered specifically for this purpose so where does the data for analysis in your case come from?
1: Yes first of all we listen to a variety of different healthcare, vertical types. We listen in the pharmaceutical industry and the provider and and healthcare system vertical as well as the health payer space. And so in all of these organizations and healthcare, they have different parts of the customer journey that are interfacing with their customers. So think about things like scheduling or or uh, claims for health insurance or customer service or nurse triage lines where nurses are talking to patients who are trying to figure out what to do next in their healthcare situation. They may have an urgent issue or a perceived urgent issue. These are all the different types of interactions or conversations that are very often recorded in some sort of capacity. If it's voice, then it's obviously an audio file, but there's also conversational data that comes in through chat or email. And so those are, we, when we think about conversational data at Authentics, we think about certainly the voice, the literal voice, as well as that text-based uh, conversation that may be going on in healthcare enterprises.
0: Before we uh, dig a little bit deeper into that, can we just uh, clarify uh, one term that you also like to use when it comes to conversational data, and that is dark data. So what do you refer to when talking about dark data?
1: Yes. So think of dark data as data that exists in all of our organizations that is lying dormant, not being used for anything. And Prior to founding Authentics, I was a healthcare operator. I managed large call centers that were having conversations with patients every day. And I was sitting on a mound of dark data, right? Hundreds of thousands, millions of conversations that were only leveraged in small use cases. Usually if a customer was complaining, we'd go back and listen to an interaction or a call or we'd use that conversational data to figure out our workforce management strategy. The, the problem with dark data is that it's voluminous. It's messy because it's unstructured in many cases. But the opportunity is that it's chock full of insights that could actually help organizations be better, serve better, grow more effectively. So it's just a data source that, that goes unused. So how do you then
0: analyze um, all this data?
1: So at Authentics, we think of listening in the form of a funnel. And so at the top of the funnel is where you have the highest volume of your interactions coming in. And when you listen at scale, you you have to leverage technology to do that effectively. So our clients in healthcare have Thousands, if not millions, of interactions that they're managing. And so, at the top of the funnel, when those interactions are fed into our platform, we use machine learning algorithms that we have created specifically for the healthcare space, as well as other speech analytics tools for identifying themes in that data but you can't really stop there right because if if you only are looking at the thematic level then as a leader in healthcare you don't necessarily have the context needed to make an informed decision so the middle part of the funnel is where you actually are able to gain focus in listening and so using ai at the top of the funnel you're seeing themes emotion topics and in the middle of the funnel you're choosing a subset of interactions to go deeper on and getting some additional data points around them and then the bottom of the funnel is super important and that is where human starts to interact with the machine this is where that subset of interactions has been curated for a human listener to see how ai has characterized that conversation but then to add their own human touch to the analysis maybe adding additional tags or labels, clipping segments of an interaction if it's speaking to a pain point that they're trying to solve in an organization. And it's that bottom-of-the-funnel listening that's so important for immersing yourself in the customer's experience. And so in, in our view, top-of-the-funnel, bottom-of-the-funnel are both important And when working together can create the most comprehensive way to listen to the voice of your customer.
0: So, when healthcare organizations uh, try to analyze the data with the help of software, what exactly do they see? The analysis starts with starts with a huge chunk of data, and uh, what is then made available to the organization
1: to further analyze just a sample of the whole. Yes, the answer to that question is it depends on what your role is in the organization. So, if your role is uh, to care about quality the quality of the interactions, then you're going to want AI to help point your ears to conversations that can help you assess how effective are my people, my teams at serving our patient population or our customer population. I want to find the interactions where there's high emotion, both at the beginning of the conversation, as well as at the end, Because if we're not managing negative emotion down throughout the conversation, then maybe we need some training on empathy or issue resolution. And so as an operator, I really want to use listening and, and have insights into how to make those interactions more effective and higher quality. Now, if I'm a patient insights leader or a market research leader or someone on the revenue side of the house, I care about what is that customer saying in the conversation? What are they saying about the competition? What are they saying that they don't like about our product or service? What are they saying that they love about our product or service, our people? What are they saying about our website, our digital front door. They're talking about all of these things that marketers and individuals who are responsible for revenue are at a loss for having insight on until now, until the ability to really surface those insights out of this data source. So those are the types of of problems that we help identify for these different types of leaders.
0: So, if I understand correctly, very different uh, health uh, professionals, healthcare professionals, marketing uh, professionals
1: can actually use the software. Exactly. It's really uh, a data source that serves all parties.
0: Perhaps just to clarify so, if we have an organization that's not leveraging this uh, data yet, so how do they usually uh, get insights that you derive from the data?
1: Yes, we actually just took a poll with a large handful of healthcare professionals and we asked them that question. How are you getting insights on your patient experience today? And the vast majority were getting their insights from solicited surveys. So, surveys that are asked after an interaction to try to gain what the customer in retrospect thought of their experience. And usually that's a rating system, a numeric scale. And if they're lucky, a customer might add a note that helps give a little bit of context. And so the challenge with a survey-based mechanism for understanding customers' perceptions is that it's very limited to whatever they score, that interaction, and you don't have the broader context around it. It also is many times a very skewed data set because you have only very happy or angry people responding to the survey. The other way, if they, if customers today or healthcare organizations today are leveraging conversational data, many times it's in a very manual way, and so they may have a team that's responsible for monitoring or providing QA today, and, and oftentimes they're randomly sampling and only able to do so in a very small scale, and so it's not a representative data set that can really help them have high confidence that what they're hearing is representative of the whole.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, w- one thing that I find interesting here in this case is that it's like a com- what you described is like a comparison between qualitative interviews compared to surveys. Now, the upside of surveys is that you just get some scoring out of it. You can brag about how good score you have. So how do you do that? How, how can you quantify um, the customer satisfaction when analyzing uh, the conversational data with your software?
1: Yeah, so... We have actually created proprietary algorithms that are meant to measure many things like customer emotion, uh, customer emotion at the beginning and the end of a conversation. We also have a, a model that listens for indicators that a customer is stuck in their journey. And that's very important because when customers are stuck They are not only dissatisfied many times uh, with their experience, which is an important indicator of customer retention or attrition, but when a customer is stuck, they're also generating work for the healthcare organization. They're making a call. They're interacting with your people to try to solve their problem. And so listening for when a, a patient or a customer is stuck is a critically important way to measure improvement in your customer experience so that's another way we measure and so using big data and algorithms and AI we're able to actually start to turn this unstructured data source into structured data that you can wrap your arms around and start to quantify the size of a, a problem or a topic or an emotion that's in your data set. We would never though recommend doing that only. We would always recommend marrying that that structured, visualized data with some examples that illustrate what it really sounds like. Because that takes listeners from just their cognitive brain into their their primal brain. And it's where emotion is elicited. And the reason why that's important to do true data back storytelling is because it helps us remember why we're wanting to solve a problem and it incites action. Once I hear something about someone in pain, I can't turn the other way. I can't unhear it. And so it's that combination of the big data and structuring it with the contextual insights and the qualitative that makes a real impact. I'm still very
0: curious about how um, the whole Process uh, works with AI. So, because one of the dangers or fears with AI is that data models are structured based on the organization, that you're going to have the concept drift over time, and that, you know, over time, maybe the algorithms are going to lose their accuracy. So, how are you addressing those issues and just uh, keeping the algorithm updated? Is it customized based on the organization that you're working in? Because I assume that the results and the experience is going to be completely different in an oncology setting or a pediatric setting or for an ED setting. How are you addressing those kind of um, worries for of many users?
1: Yes, what a smart question to ask. I love that question. So the the first thing is that we all know that AI is only as good as the training data that it it learned from. And one of the ways that Authentics has tried to address your your the the problem that you've addressed that you've asked in your question is by hiring human beings to train that data who understand the use case, right? Who can appropriately interpret the use case. So we employ nurses, social workers and people who have worked in the healthcare setting to tag and label and structure that unstructured data because they're going to be more effective at interpreting correctly what's really going on in that conversation. It's also so important that we create a diverse set of listeners who are structuring that data. People from different cultural backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds, who can bring their own paradigm to the table when structuring that data. And that is what has gone into, in the millions of interactions that we've done that with, have gone into feeding our models. That said, to your point, we start an engagement with a generalized model that, that we believe brings a, a respectable amount of accuracy across settings. However, You have to tune that model with actual use case data from actual customers. We know that Medicare patients talk about their healthcare in conversations very different than uh, younger generations that are just starting the workforce. And it's important to capture those nuances. And so the way our product works is in the bottom of the funnel, when you have a human listener that is reading and seeing what the AI has characterized. That conversation to be, they have the opportunity to actually add to it or change it. If AI says that the topic was around prescription drugs, but in fact it was around something else, that human listener can change the tag or edit the label, which creates the ongoing machine learning model. When those changes are made at the bottom of the funnel in our platform, it automatically trains our algorithms to be tuned according to that particular data set.
0: So does that mean that you're also, during analysis, connecting the data sets with some other patient information and demographics? Because, uh, as you mentioned yourself, perhaps an elderly patient is going to express, they're going to express themselves differently than younger patient. Emotions are going to be different. There might be a different level of importance of how people express how they feel.
1: Yes, very often healthcare organizations have set up their, their operations to have different call lines depending on the business unit or the business case. So very often in metadata, we can tell whether these are Medicare customers or co- commercially insured customers. So we learn a lot from the metadata. That said, we can also pick up cues from the conversation itself that can help characterize other components of of that customer calling like location or demographics, if if it's mentioned. So we can use speech analytics to help identify that.
0: Do you ever come across any just barriers in terms of just bridging these uh, different databases? Because among the topics related to data at the moment is also just the patient consent and the ownership of the data and should um, all the use of data when it comes to secondary purposes be approved by the patient. So how are you addressing uh, all those kind of issues?
1: Yes, those are important issues. And because we only work in healthcare and with healthcare enterprises, there are issues that we needed to hit head on with this type of technology. First of all, from a consent perspective, our clients are typically already following a regulated requirement around informing customers that an interaction is being recorded. And they also have many disclaimers associated with that. So there is transparency even before the recording begins. Our platform is not a recording platform. We actually connect to any telephony platform or chat platform that our clients already have in place. And so by the time that data gets to us, typically our clients have already performed their recording consent. That said, we are taking in data that is HIPAA regulated, that has PHI and PII. And so some of the ways that we protect that data at Authentics is that we have redaction capabilities that are highly sophisticated. We can redact things that are numerical, like social security numbers or credit card numbers. We can also redact personal information, personally identifying information like names, addresses. And then the other thing that our technology can do is actually modulate or obfuscate the voice. That means that the voice itself is unrecognizable or unidentifiable to that person. All of those are ways that we can protect the personal data um, of that caller and that customer Without sacrificing the insights that are in the content of those conversations.
0: If I'm not mistaken, the company was founded uh, only a few years ago in 2019, right?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So when you're approaching uh, new customers, uh, what's the most common question that you get? How how hesitant are they because it's just maybe a little bit amazing for them to hear about this with that um, comes also some hesitancy maybe. So what's the the thing that you get asked most most often?
1: I think a big part of the work that we do is educating healthcare organizations that this data source has value. The The customer experience industry has evolved over the past 15, 20 years under this myth that you have to ask customers to understand what they're thinking. And the reality is that they're telling you what they think every day, and you're sitting on that data in your organization. And that's a pretty significant paradigm shift for healthcare organizations. They're looking over in one direction at survey data and to help them look over into another direction and, in fact, within their own organization to realize that the data and the insights already exist. I'd say secondarily to that educational component, it's just a desire to make sure that the data source truly has value and that can it, be, it can be protected from a regulatory perspective. So what
0: are some of the changes that you saw or observe that organizations have made after a while of using um, your software and just finding patterns, just insights into their operations?
1: Yes, so many examples, but I'll uh, share two. The first is that I mentioned earlier that we have an algorithm that is designed to f- identify when a customer is stuck in their journey. We call this the Eddy effect. And it's when a customer is cycling back over and over again to try to solve a problem with a healthcare organization. We are able to not only quantify that, but tie that volume of interactions where customers are stuck with the dollars wasted by the organization to try to solve that problem. And so our clients use that metric now as a North Star metric. And they're they're constantly strategizing on how to drive down the eddy effect rate because they know that an eddy effect, a customer that's stuck in an eddy, is driving cost for their organization and is also likely to drive customers out of their business. And so we've seen organizations effectively take their eddy effect rate from 30% at the beginning of an engagement down to 8% by just simply diagnosing what are those root issues. Sometimes those root issues are fairly simple. We found with one client that so many inbound uh, calls were because patients didn't understand the writing on the paper bill they got in the mail. And so by simply giving that feedback to the entity that was responsible for creating those letters, they were able to clarify the language and reduce over time that inbound call volume, making it a win-win for both patients and the healthcare organization. Another change that we've seen healthcare companies make by leveraging this data is shining a light on the positives. So, so many times, because healthcare conversations are full of emotion, they're highly vulnerable, this is someone's healthcare at stake. We often hear a lot of really positive stories where patients are t- saying how much they appreciate. the the help that they've received from the company. And we've seen marketing leaders use this insight to help tell their story, help tell their story to their sales teams, to their strategic teams, and win business by simply shining a light on the value that they're bringing to, to the patient population.
0: One additional thing that was mentioned um, in one of the webinars that you hosted was also basically the education about communication uh, with those that um, are interacting with the patient. I've just been reading a a really interesting book titled You're Not Listening that basically talks about how distracted we are today and how listening is actually an art that we are not Thought of and we're really not really good at. When you're talking to someone, you might detect something in their voice, how they say it, uh, what words they use. There's also a lot of thoughts about the potential of uncovering new biomarkers in voice, in the tone of voice, in the words that are used. Yeah, so I thought that was an additional very interesting consequence of using this analysis for the improvement of operations and talking about. All the the wealth of information that voice contains, and we're h- hardly starting to uncover it. How do you see it, some of the further insights that we might get in further development of voice analysis in healthcare?
1: Yes, first, just to mention that what a great point you brought up about the agent side of the conversation. One of the great things about conversational data is that you have typically two voices, and there are implications from listening to both of them and insights from listening to both of them, both individually and then the conversation as a whole, that can inform so many different parts of an organization. We're seeing just massive growth uh, in the space of voice technology and leveraging voice technology to make doing business more efficient. To your point, though, I, I think where there's a danger with the industry is That in our effort to make things easier and take unstructured data and structure it, it's so important that we don't lose that art of listening. Because in listening, you build connectedness with others. In listening, you uncover empathy you surface empathy within your own self and you also are reminded of your noble purpose why did i even get into healthcare in the first place when you listen to an actual patient interaction you're reminded of why you made that choice to begin with and so my hope and and where we're trying to lead in in the industry is that we absolutely are cutting edge when it comes to leveraging ai to identify big thematic problems in our organizations. And conversational data is just such a wonderful set of data from which to learn about where to prioritize, how we deploy resources to solve problems, but not doing that at the sacrifice of that human connection. And, you know, what we'd like to see is an industry that's transforming based on using this very human data source and and leveraging both, again, at the top of the funnel, that AI piece, as well as that bottom of the funnel, the true listening to the actual voice.
0: It's, I think, a good point to say that... um, It's easy for an organization to say that they offer customer support, that they have agents that talk to patients, or that they do surveys or whatever way of gathering uh, feedback. But uh, when saying that, I think we sometimes forget that it can make a huge difference if you have an agent that's really good at uh, just managing the whole conversation compared to someone that's not empathic, that's just asking basic questions.
1: Absolutely. We've seen organizations be inspired at scale by listening, and it's such an important way to motivate not only the agents who are handling those interactions on a very repetitive basis every day, but it's a great way to motivate their managers and the upper leadership in the organization to really understand the complexity of that work of handling customer interactions and also understanding the weight and the responsibility of that agent to respond on behalf of your organization with both empathy and accuracy and compliance. It's a hard job. <sighs>
0: When you started uh, the company, you were working in the operations uh, in healthcare, you saw the potential of the dark data that organizations are sitting on. But after three years, what are some of the things that maybe uh, surprised you in terms of what you discovered?
1: So one of the first things I'll say is that when we began, we really were focused on structuring data we were structuring unstructured conversational data and so it was the visualizations of that that now structured data that was our priority but through the the trials and errors and experiences working with clients where we would shine a light on an example call for example and we saw the emotion that our clients were eliciting from listening to a singular call, we started to realize that our product really needed to scale the literal listening process. And so we started building out a a capability where AI helps identify segments of literal voice conversations that can be tagged and labeled certain topics or emotions and then compiled together into a montage or a compilation so that busy leaders who never get to sit in the call center and take calls can, in a three-minute session, hear customers who are complaining about something in their journey. And that has been such a surprise to see how much people need to have that emotional connection with their patients. And so we've built a product that can help support that. The second thing I'll mention as a big surprise is when we started, we were really focused more so on the agent side of the conversation, focused on how effective they were delivering the customer journey and that one-to-one interaction. So we were measuring things like empathy and the, the call management and communication skills, and we still do that today. The surprise has been how much demand and how much value exists on the customer side of that conversation. Things like competitive intelligence that's just being freely given by these customers or insights that their social determinants of health or insights about issues or barriers they've faced due to health equity issues. All of that is just organically being shared by customers in these conversations. And it's been a delight and a surprise to just realize how much value actually exists in this data source.
0: So how are you uh, thinking about the further development of your product? Because the way you described it, it sounds like you're addressing a lot of potential, but there's still so much that could be used out of this discussion. So the clinical implications, not just the operational and customer satisfaction um, metrics.
1: Yes, I think a lot of healthcare organizations think of patient experience or customer experience as being that clinical setting. And they tend to turn down the volume on the administrative parts of healthcare and what that experience is like. But what we've learned is that in those administrative parts of, of the healthcare journey, patients and customers are talking about their clinical aspects of their journey. They're talking about their intentions, if they're going to follow their discharge plan, if they're going to schedule their follow-up appointments, why they will or won't schedule their follow-up appointments, whether the health care is too expensive and they're just going to go somewhere else for their care. All of these are insights on customers' intentions that affect their clinical profile, that affect their clinical care. And so we see a huge opportunity to link the insights that are coming from this voice data back to the care team using workflows and notifications in our product. We already have that capability today, and we expect to see widespread adoption of using this, again, administrative, typically an administrative data source to inform the clinical care team so that the clinical care team can improve health outcomes or reach out to that customer who was going to cancel their follow up visit and say, "How can we work with you to make sure we get you in here?" It's really important, right, to avoid that ER visit that's likely to happen if you don't have your follow up uh, uh, visit. So those are the, the the types of scenarios we expect to use this data source for.
0: Do you currently mostly work just with healthcare providers, or also insurances or other healthcare stakeholders?
1: yeah so we have out of all of our book of business, we're really divided fairly evenly, a third and a, a third, pharmaceutical manufacturers, a third are healthcare insurance companies or, or payers, and then the the final third are health and hospital systems, including physicians and in hospitals.
0: Is there a difference in terms of which of these segments gets uh, more insight? Do customers differ a lot in terms of the benefits that they see in the analysis of uh, the conversational data?
1: The the value is, is equally understood, right? Once they're using and unlocking conversational data, they are all blown away by what they can learn. What, where the difference is in it, the exact use case, exactly what problems they're trying to solve within their particular setting. Whereas a pharmaceutical manufacturer is really focused on how does how do we impact patient adherence to the prescription that they've been prescribed by a provider? How do we make sure that they get the clinical benefit by staying on that medication? Whereas a provider base or a hospital system may want to know, how do we make sure that customers or patients don't readmit into the hospital? And also, how do we make sure that they pay their remaining portion of their bill after insurance pays? And so these are all different types of use cases, but the the value realization is similarly very powerful across all three.
0: As a startup, how do you see that investors are seeing the benefit or the potential of voice tech in healthcare?
1: We're seeing a lot of interest on investors in voice tech because I think we've seen a lot of movement in the market with important acquisitions, as well as just more and more startups that are focused on unstructured data. And so investors are paying attention to that. And in terms of the value realization, we spend a lot of time with our investors helping them see that the the return on investment that our clients get from this source and so that we can help show them that this isn't just a feel-good exercise, right? Unlocking the value of this data can actually change business metrics for the healthcare organization. And so they've been very supportive and delighted by really the power of this type of technology to change the way industries are thinking about listening. Just um, as
0: a really last question, is there anything that you would like to add in terms of how you see that the voice tech industry as a whole is going to develop in the upcoming years? What are you optimistic about or looking forward to in terms of the development?
1: What I'm really optimistic about is a shift in thinking from this idea of soliciting customer feedback into leveraging a data source that is highly available. The other thing I'm hopeful for is that I think industries are often thinking that they're trying to get rid of voice, right? The call centers are old and antiquated, and and eventually there won't be a call center anymore. And I I think that's not the best way to think about it. Um, Given healthcare, there will always be a need to interface human to human at some level. Maybe not for the low-level transactional types of things, but at some point in a customer's journey, that human interaction is important. Additionally, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, there's an undervalue of the impact that a voice can make in an organization. And so my prediction And people would probably think I'm crazy for saying this. But my prediction is that industries are going to value voice so much once they realize the context that comes from conversational data, that they will no longer be on such a mission to get rid of voice data and instead leverage it for the meaningful purpose that it could bring.
0: You've been listening to Faces of Digital Health, a proud member of the Health Podcast Network. If you enjoyed the show, do leave a rating or a review wherever you get your podcast, because it really, really helps other listeners interested in digital health find the show as well. Stay tuned!